Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. They said L.A. was good. Everyone thought L.A. was the best team in the NHL. Everyone's talking so much game. They're so good defensively. Oh, the Oilers should be scared. L.A.'s so good. This, that. Philip Deneau, he can shut down anyone. Anze Kopitar can shut down anyone. Drew Doughty's back. They're healthy now. They're stingy. They have the best record since the All-Star game. Washed. Respect Edmonton. We stomped on them. They got the first shutout of the year. My God, Columbus was able to score goals on Edmonton. Stuart Skinner, prime Dominic Hashin, absolutely destroyed. L.A. talks to talk so much shit. All this confidence, so unearned, based on nothing. You lose to Edmonton in Game 7, congrats. You beat the Edmonton when they're reeling, when they're missing everyone in, in, in back in December. And now when the going gets tough, when Edmonton comes in, Edmonton beats L.A. at their own game. They like McDavid talked about pace this morning. They came in, they played with pace. They hit hard. They scored goals. They shut every single LA fan up. Damn man, Southern California already is raining. You add the tears of Kings fans in right now. It, it, uh, there's going to be flood warnings in LA. Watch out. I'm so happy. Sorry, crying. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm joined obviously by Dennis here every game. And we're so lucky today to be joined by producer Rob, Robert Malloy from SDPN. How's it going, Rob? I'll, I'll let the jersey slide, but <laughs> I, I get to I get to live in my jersey for the night. Yeah. Oh man. I do own a McDavid jersey. It's just like in storage in like a far room. I bought it like around the. I bought it like at the McEichel draft here. So I do actually own one, and I probably should have grabbed it too, just in case the inevitable happens. But here we are. The, I love um, how you put it, the inevitable. The inevitable. It's such a game. Like, uh, it was a really fun playoff style game. That was so such fun hockey. Like, like we're sitting there and it's one not like we're still sitting at one nothing at the end of the second. I'm like, this is still such a fun game to watch as a sports fan and to like watch because it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a, like I watched a lot of Oilers hockey and it didn't feel like Edmonton was running away with the game. No. There was no sign of Edmonton running or LA running the show like the last. Um, I remember I saw the LA get beat uh, six nothing by the Leafs in December, and I knew from like the second period onwards, I'm like, you're running away. So it didn't feel like a running away game, but it also didn't end the way that would have been nice. Yeah, Dennis, what do you think of the game? I don't know what you're talking about, Rob. It ended in the best <laughs> way possible. <You> had fun. <laughs> it was a fun game, but more importantly. Man, McDavid's 300th. Stuart Skinner posting the first Oilers shutout in 320 days. That's 84 games, including playoff games, that the Oilers have gotten a shutout. Insane performance. And you know what? It's against a powerhouse LA Kings. Zach, you've mentioned in the past couple of broadcasts, L.A. scary. L.A. is completely loaded up. Now, you know, I'm sure Robert will say they got a couple guys out tonight, but the Oilers didn't care. The Oilers took, put on their hard hats, got their briefcase in their thermos and ready to go. This is a game where they showed up and they played hard. Yeah. Hard, especially against an LA team that loves to finish their checks and loves to be big powerhouse. That's how they won their cup is they won it with skill and they won it with size. Like both of those cups, a lot of those players, if you look at those, are above the 200 class or above the six foot class. Like you're looking at big boys and they're still playing big boy hockey. Like you can tell, like still Kopitar is still on this team. Like he has brought the big boy hockey with. So like, you know, you're coming and playing a big boy game. And what happens in the first two minutes is that we lose a defenseman. Yeah. And we play 12 and five for the whole game. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, right off, right off the bat, we knew the oil tensions were high between Oilers fans and Mikey Anderson, because last year, game six of the playoffs, he, you know, put a horse collar chokehold on Leon Dreisaitl and broke his leg essentially and obviously no supplemental discipline not even a penalty on the play as greasy as it gets from mikey anderson mcdavid comes in finishes a routine check yet a bunch of people softer than mcdonald's ice cream crying about the head on on twitter it was 
a two minute boarding, two minute boarding. I will concede it was two minutes for boarding. Absolutely. Um, no more, no less. But yeah, that was it. That was intense. I was definitely worried about McDavid getting thrown out, but that definitely set the tone of the game. And I like how you pointed out yep. that, they were, that the Kings were playing big boy hockey because the Oilers beat them at their own game. The Oilers out hit yep. the Kings. They out skated the Kings. They were the harder working team on the ice tonight. And it showed in the end result. That's why they won. This is the first game this year that I can look up and down the Oilers roster from Cody Ceci, Darnell Nurse, Kyler Yamamoto, does not matter. Every single player was impressive. Every single player exceeded their play from the prior games. Every single player played above expectations. I'm so impressed with every single Oiler. From Stuart Skinner beyond. I could go on a I could go on a I could write a love poem about each and every single one of these players that played tonight. I was so I'd love impressed. to read it. Oh, I will. It's I'll such, send it to you. Yeah, it's such, it's such, yeah, like the Oilers played with the pace and they maintained the lead. Like the Kings are using their forechecking. They're trying to use their speed. They're trying to control the zones. And they're just like, yeah, like the Oilers very clearly set the pace. Um, People ask me what I think about the board, like the hit. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, it's like a turn, but McDavid did let up enough that that's why I think it was only two minutes and why it wasn't five in a game, like or like anything other than that. And also, like Mikey Anderson didn't bleed, so like that also always plays into a factor. Like probably would have been four. He was down on the ice for a while. Like that's what I that's what I was like. That's what concerns me. But if Mikey Anderson had gotten assistance off the ice, I think it would have been like a phone call from the league. It would have been a five thousand dollar fine at best. Oh, we know this league, right. but like. McDavid's for been sure, suspended but like, for hits before. Like McDavid, he's is, been suspended for hits against mm -hmm. the Kings, which is fun. He's gotten the five in the game against the Kings. Yep. He that's got a whole other story. A game for elbowing Cock and Niemi. He got a game early in his career yeah. for hitting Johnny Oduya from yeah. behind. Like McDavid is an underratedly physical player. What this game gave, like, is a um, it reminds me so much of Game Seven versus LA, one nothing game, mm -hmm. really late into the third period when yeah. once again. Connor McDavid, Captain Clutch, the guy's a true-born ultimate leader. Doesn't I've said this on many broadcasts. I don't know if you've heard this, Rob, but it it is my belief, and I think it's not it's not even my belief. It's just the cold hard facts that there are two hockey players who have ever put on skates that are better than Connor McDavid. Uh 99 and 66 that is it it is Connor mcdavid and then those two he is yeah. an absolute workhorse even when he's not putting up it's five points a night yeah the, the, when he when you are on a power play and you have 97 on the penalty kill you have you have to completely change the entire complexion of your power play you take a one-timer from the corner it misses the net and it goes out of the zone Connor's faster than every other player he's going to pick the puck up and get a breakaway by the time the turnover is over, he's almost at the hash marks. Like, no, he's picked up, like, we know he can pick up that pace incredibly quickly and he can just go. Like, I think, like, it's uh, uh, it's such a fun because I spend my entire market, if you don't know, I, like, you know, pair about a blue and white team. Mm -hmm. um, so that's who I spend a lot of my time. So I spent a lot of my year last year hearing the Matthews versus McDavid argument. And I'm like, okay, Matthews is going to get... He, here's the thing. I knew Matthews was always going to probably pull a hard trophy one time, grab it out of the hat while McDavid's in the league. And that, that was his last year. McDavid's, it's McDavid. It was always going to be McDavid. It could have been there was an argument last year, and that was an isolated year if you're looking at one year as a capsule. But if you're looking at league and above, like that's where we're sitting. We're sitting in, it's McDavid's league, league and we're all hanging out. And that was the thing that the Kings needed to do tonight. And I think they did do a great job of neutralizing Connor McDavid for a lot of the night. I like the Phil Deneau play. Phil Deneau played him a lot, oh, but yeah. like hilarious. I, also, like what the heck is McDavid doing on the penalty kill? Why was he even he, there? He, How he, often does that happen? Well, so the oh. penalty kill sucked uh, for the big significant portion of the year. And then around Christmas, I believe, they made the decision to completely change up the penalty killers. And now it's a consistent Hilarious. thing. Like McDavid was always on around the 50 it's, second mark of every team's power play. Like he's always on the kill. Like, yeah, and I feel like playing against Mc, like watching our, my team, watching this team play against McDavid on the power play is watching other teams how teams probably view playing watching Mitch Marner on our on the least penalty kill. Like it's the same energy. The yeah. most valuable thing that a penalty kill can be is dangerous. And if once again you have ninety seven on the ice, you know you have to staple a guy to him, and you mm -hmm. only like five is better than four. But like you might have to have two people on him. We've seen what happens. See, we've had five on him, but. 
I digress. Dennis, you've had a point for like the last yeah. 25 seconds. Well, hey, you know what? I love it. I love the discourse. And let me get in on this McDavid discussion as well, because that's the thing about this penalty kill. Rob, you hit the nail on the head with it. Having McDavid on the penalty kill is insane in terms of just how it affects the other team's mentality. And you can see just from a, a really casual sort of play from Yanmark during this penalty kill, a, a quick swipe along the boards and just that one free puck, McDavid with his key timing recognition, just seeing the free and loose puck and knowing that he has a sheet of ice to go down, he can absolutely just turn on the Jets. And I think you you said it in the group chat, Rob. Uh, by the time you realize he already he has the puck, he's already down in the hash marks. He's He's oh. already thinking about... 20 minutes ahead. Later. He's so fast. He's got such a high processing speed. And he's got such a vision for the puck. And he's not the only one on this team with a vision for the puck. Can we talk about the first uh, Edmonton goal? I'm sure you'd love to do nothing else. Yes. Disgusting, dirty, go to jail, Leon Dreisaitl. Best passer in the <laughs> NHL. Best passer in the NHL. He's like, I love his playmaking. Like, it's such a vision to watch up close. And I'm like, Phil, to know, I really liked his game all night. And he got turned around like i watched him just get on the back like going for a piggyback ride with leon dry and like you can't just expect like that's not something that you can predict like it's not something that a team can predict that that can happen but it's like you give the oilers an inch and then go for the mile and, and, and that, that's how both of those goals happened and the, it happened on the power play and it happened in that first goal. that back those backhand passes though i know you can't predict them but they happen Every single game. This isn't like a one-off occurrence. Like Leon does this night in and night out. Just I, does it all time. We, we said this. Oh, also, just to the last thing I want to say about the penalty kill is I, I was trying to. I was waiting to say this, Rob. I'll just give you one guess at which team leads the NHL in shorthanded goals. Like it was the least for like a hot second. It's not anymore. It's probably the Oilers. Yeah, I guess they the have Oilers fourteen. Now. I'm, they're either lead it's, or they're yeah. tied. But they they were the lead or they're tied. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's you can is anybody surprised like once again the most effective if that's like once again your power play is 32.7 percent which by the way that's hilarious that you're oh it's hilarious that you're uh, like all that it was like oh for eight yep. against la coming into this yep. and then you get fit on the night i'm sorry i find that so funny even the first power play of the game like corpusalo was insane he was robbed dry style from his patented spot but if we're going to talk about the first goal for a second yeah the backhand pass from dry was phenomenal the finish from oh. Kane was great but what really impressed me about that goal and something that we've been harping on for a while because he hasn't been playing with that confidence is kyler yamamoto the fact that he held onto the puck skated through the neutral wow. zone evaded a, a king's for uh, a back check Beautiful. from a king's player got around him, held onto the puck instead of making one of those cuts to the outside and back up to the defenseman, which is he's been like famous for for the last, you know, 40 games. He he mm. is the reason they got into the zone, they got the entry, and then you the magician Leon Drysaddle, obviously we knew he, he could make a pass like that. He does. Kane finishes it off. It was a great play from like, that, that line. All around. Yeah. Like, skill creates space. Like, that's the end. Skill creates space. If you're going to, you cannot make mistakes in the playoffs. You y'all watched it. Like, you cannot make these mistakes in the playoffs. And this is, you're, you're in tune-up mode. You're prepping for the exam. You can't study the night before. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? If you look at the stat line as well, Dreisaitl, obviously, we know he's got that patented shot from that point. His office right but he's also a huge guy right at the end of the <laughs> end of the night if he's trying to ride a guy into the boards a hundred percent he is able to hold his ground and he had three hits tonight you mentioned Kyler Yamamoto we've talked about how he's kind of looked lost in the past in this top six he doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing he had two hits tonight as well and he played way bigger than he sh he actually mm -hmm. is that's a thing where you you were right bang on about his confidence. He's holding on to the puck. He's creating that space for Dreisaitl because you can't just ignore a guy as he's coming down center ice. Um, I thought yeah. Kane, like you said, the, the hands on Kane were always a little bit iffy after coming back from surgery, but it looks like he's starting to pick it back together. Those good hand eye and it was able to make that shot clean. The last um, two games for Kane have been excellent. This is the Evander Kane clean. that we were missing for the last, you know, four since he's come back from injury. He has been phenomenal. Sorry to cut you off, Dennis. I'll let you continue going. I just, yeah. oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, I thought I cut was, you off. All good, I man. I all good. I felt bad. Um, that was the point. No, man. Um, look, yeah. You're, 
you you got it. It's just uh, it was like a while ago, like to watch like once again the fact that the Kings like to give the Kings a little bit of hair, like just to give them. I know it's game over, Edmonton. Hello, have you liked? Have you subscribed? Maybe do that. Um, here to give the like just to give like a hair. It was pretty wild to watch LA play twelve and five all night. Yeah. LMAO, and especially because Mikey Anderson is our top left wing defenseman. Right yes, now. yes. Like that's where he usually like that's usually where his office is, and then usually um. Trevor Moore stays on the left. Trevor Moore is not the player I'm thinking of. Gabe Bellardi is usually the third line right winger comfortably. And then Kempe is the first lot. Like Kempe is in the same kind of spot. Um, but having the lines all juggled around because Fiala is out and because Gabe Bellardi is out is hilarious. Yes. Like everyone, everyone is playing a little bit out of it. But this is because this is exactly where the Kings were last year. They got injuries right leading into the playoffs. So, if nothing else in this game, I'm just really glad nobody else left this game hurt mm-hmm. because we can't afford to have any more injuries. But the fact that you scored one goal in six periods in Alberta is concerning. Yeah, especially because the reason people have been so high on the Kings and the reason people keep arguing they're this dark horse team, which I do still think they could make mm-hmm. some noise in this year's playoffs. They're a different team than last year but like is because they are really strong defensively they finally have some goaltending we'll talk about corpusalo and skinner in a second and then they've been able to score yes absolutely the scoring happened tonight and i'm like okay but it wasn't for lack of chances but let's talk about the the reason why they didn't score well yeah well just to talk about la for one second like they 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 had the they i'm pretty sure they still have the league worst uh combined save percentage from all their goalies right like they've been consistently outscoring their problems the entire season right and now corpusel's coming and provided insanely (laughs) solid goaltending i was overly impressed he he came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up huge a number of times, specifically on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who I think both top six lines oh. for the Oilers, or both top. I've essentially top lines: the Kane, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and the Hyman Nugent McDavid line caused considerable issues for the LA Kings. And I understand mm-hmm. Fiala's out, and I know Fiala's a really good. Uh, he's really creative offensively. He's kind of like a poor man's Mitch Marner, I guess. I don't really know. So, um, yeah, you could make that argument. Yeah, like you know, good hands, quick, but. Um, not much. obviously not nearly as good as Mitch Marner, but uh, essentially like he he's leading the Kings in scoring with yep. seventy points. Connor McDavid's leading Actually. the Oilers in scoring with one hundred and forty four points. Right, like points. there's quite the discrepancy between the yeah. two offenses. So if the Kings do end up playing the Oilers, it's something where there's going to have to be uh, like a combined defensive commitment. And we saw them try to do it tonight, and again they were without Gallardi, Fiala, and Mikey Anderson. Probably most importantly or underrightly right. importantly yeah. because you're playing the Oilers, but. You just see the Oilers. All they need is one chance. All they need is one shot, and they're better at converting on those space. chances than any other team in the NHL. They're, they're unbelievable. But again, before we can, we're going to talk about goaltending right now. And obviously, Stuart Skinner, we're seventy-four. Uh, I know we got a ton of people watching tonight. How many people are watching right now? Yeah, we got sixty we got people 100. watching right now. We already have thirty likes, but you know what? We got sixty. Tomorrow morning when I check back, I want to see if we got seventy-four likes. Seventy-four for Stu. We got it. We got to do it because uh-huh. he absolutely was the first star for the Oilers. Connor McDavid was Connor McDavid, Drasset was Drasset or whatever, but Stuart Skinner gave the performance of the season. The the question always for me with Oilers is calling them confidently a legitimate cup contender and has been for a long time is one the defense we don't have to get into that right now um lma i was dying at matthias Ekholm at the very end of the game just like on his knees stuck his stick was broken i think he was a great pickup is always has been between the pipes it's always been especially because fun fact i'm quite familiar with jack campbell's work Mm -hmm. so i was like oh this is the choice for making this is the choice for making okay but leaving him out of those questions i'm like how like you need you ride one goaltender through most of the playoffs and like yeah stewart skinner's the guy and i asked the boys before and i'm like is jack campbell at all and like they're like it's skinner's net and um update i can see why yeah exactly he's stew was insane the kick saves but and i and rob this is a save that you highlighted in the chat as being one of the 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 turning points for the game was that early save on kempe on the breakaway bro save of the year oh my god i love looking at money puck i'm not a big analytics person for the chat to know but i really like looking at it because it cooperates the eye test and also you know the vibes of the Mm -hmm. game and like Mm -hmm. that had like a 28 percent chance of scoring which was one of the highest chances for the kings all night like the fact that that like got robbed and like it's 
I you hate to see a team get goalied, and I think LA kind of got goalied. Like mm. I think they had some really good. Like it's hard. Like it was like they had some really great chances, but they also like to the Oilers' credit, like they looked great. Like, I understand yeah. why you're saying that, and Dennis, I'll let you go in one second. I just want to say to, just to say just to say to Rob, Rob Singh that they got goalied. If you look at the expected goals uh, according to Money Puck five on five, the Oilers had almost a full expected goal more this game. In all situations, mm-hmm. it was a little bit closer, but the Oilers still on top throughout the entire game. They they definitely yeah. were the better team. On the deserved to win a meter, it was like seventy one to. 30, hilarious but yeah it was but it's so hard to be you're in a one yes. goal game so it's always the game of like is there one left yeah, yeah and was- but here's the thing right when i looked at this game Stuart skinner had some lights out saves and and it was clear especially the ones that he was sort of able to glove down those were the ones that were maybe the more dangerous chances but Props to the Oilers' defense. I mean, we know in the yeah. past from the last playoff push, defense is is not the strong suit of this team. But today, they were doing a fantastic job of getting Stuart Skinner's sight lines open so he was yeah. able to see pucks. Of course, he was just lights out. The one that I keep going back to was the, the floater that sort of went up, up, up into the air off of, I mm. think it was Quinton Byfield. And I think so. From Stuart Skinner's angle, you have no idea where that puck is, but he almost had that spidey sense going on, knew to dive backwards. And I think that would have been a goal that trickled in if it wasn't so. for that move. Like it, Stuart Skinner was playing lights out when he needed to, and a lot of the chances, and there were a lot of shots on net, a lot of the ones that were from far out had very little chances of going in just because he had a sight line on it mm-hmm. and was able to get rebound controls going all the way out into far ice, like yeah. out of the danger zones. Yeah, the reason I like use the goal lead argument is because the shots were almost tied by the end of the game. Like, what are we sitting at? I believe we're sitting at like high 30s, low 40s in the shot chances. Yeah, like we're sitting, like it's really hard to say mm-hmm. that um, a team had 40 chances and got shut out. And yes. that is both a credit to the goaltending, and uh, that is both a credit to the defense and also a credit to like Bro Stewart Skinner. Like, it's great to see like a really strong goaltender. Well, there were players on the Oilers who we've talked about in the past, at least I know Dennis and I have, like specifically like Darnell Nurse on his zone entry defense or zone denial with zone denials and whatever. But like there was a play early on where Anze Kopitar was trying to rush the puck in with speed from the offside yeah. and Darnell Nurse skating backwards stayed with him. And it was one of the cleanest defensive plays I've seen just to angle Kopitar off the puck. It was, it was beautiful. That's kind of the play that we expect from Nurse is this $9 million number one defenseman, right? That they, I thought every single single player on the Oilers defense specifically was great. We've been complaining about Cody yeah. Cece, who we we've known has been struggling <laughs> with a, with a, with a core injury this year. He's but not been near as good as he was last year. Right. And I know that might sound crazy for you. Someone who watches the Leafs. Hilarious. The yeah. But, uh, but Cody Cece tonight had a play and I can't remember who it was that he tied up, but essentially I think it might've been Byfield actually, who was kind of wide open Probably. in front of the Oilers net. And it was Cody Cece who came in and just lifted his stick and took the puck right away. And it was a, it would have been a huge scoring chance for LA, but every single player, Kulak and DeHarnay, this is probably the best game I've seen from them. Right. You know what? One thing I do want to look at and guess what, you know what else? The Oilers actually went 11 and six pretty much because Philip Broberg only played four minutes tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Did he just not play? Is there just like none for you? Pretty much. So yeah, 11 and six is so hilarious. And that's why I'm like, that's why I, yeah. By choice. And that's the hilarious thing. Also, why it makes me laugh when seeing like players like McDavid on the penalty kill. I'm like, if you're going 11 and six, like the man, I'm aware he's a mutant, but he does also get tired. And you are ramping up for a long playoff throw. But he like seems fine. Yeah. He seems fine. He only like, played 21 25 tonight, right? That They're just kind of yeah. low. It's a minute lower. Than, he's usually in the 22 23 for a game like this. Uh, you would expect a 1 0 game for majority of the game that Connor McDavid is on the ice for more than 21 he's, minutes. He's, right? He scored the shorty and said, I'm good, guys. Can mm-hmm. I like, yeah, have he's... a break? Like, seriously, um, the shots were 43 to 37 for Kings overall. And that's what made it such a playoff style game. And we talked about this in the chat. Is, like, both teams had their chances, but yeah, the Oilers had this like sustained pressure there was a moment in the second period and i'm like we're like eight minutes in and i'm like the kings have two shots yeah we have two shots i'm like best you're losing already you are losing and you've got two shots so like that was i'm just like 
guys you good a lot of the shots to the chest a lot of them were redirect and the reason they were shots to the chest is because they were getting rebound is because they were getting cleared from the net it's because like a goalie is like every goalie like any goalie can be a mute if they see the puck they can stop the puck and that is always your goal of your defense is give your goalie some eyes and i think i'm seeing that a lot more like and Stuart skinner had his eyes for a lot of tonight he had clear tracking of the puck if he tracks the puck properly there's a real good chance he can make a save yeah and you could see it clearly when when he was uh for example in those behind the net sort of situations he is absolutely posted to that to that post right he is sticking to it like glue but the moment he it comes out into his vision again he has just this fantastic reflex of going right back into that ready pose and no matter where the puck's going to the to the you know blue line back behind the net he's getting into these positions really quick and it doesn't allow shooters to sort of take their time pick their spots mm-hmm. and try and score for off of that um yeah. one of the things that i wanted to jump into uh, early on when we were talking about the kings a little bit uh, i wanted to highlight a minute muncher and it came back when we were talking about minutes Drew Drew Doughty played 30 minutes this game, and I just double-checked because I was curious uh, for the Flames game on Tuesday. Doughty played 27 minutes there as well. So you're talking about minute munchers. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He plays a lot, especially, especially when Mikey Anderson went down. The broadcast highlighted it a couple times. So, like, Doughty plays a lot of time with this ice, and he still looks like like that he's in this like that's the interesting thing with the LA is because you have to remember that Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar were both on the Kings cup runs like this man is still going and still looks really effective for like the like in the role he's adjusted to like he's not the same player that he was obviously but he's still in this like adjusted role that works really well for him and yet he does take a lot of time on the ice and he doesn't make as many mistakes as you'd expect him to like he usually looked pretty good like I didn't see anything Overglaringly major. What's the right, one? <laughs> right early on in the first period. I guess this isn't necessarily 100% on Drew Doughty, but he goes to make a breakout pass from behind his own net. Stick explodes on him. Nick Bukestack Sticks off the post. Later. Right? So, yeah. And it, later. Exactly. That That's kind of the only thing I can notice for Drew Doughty. There was a number of times, too, I saw Clem Costin going on the forecheck and kind of hit Doughty with a little bit of yeah. a slash afterwards. And I just see Doughty turn to the ref and start yelling at him. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. He definitely is someone yeah. who likes to go hard at the ref. Sorry, Dennis. They definitely yeah, the like Moto hit Dowdy as well, and I was I was like, what? Did, what did I just hear? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was said, insane. "Hello, I'd like to have my spot for the playoffs. I would like to be in this very spot, please, and thank you." The Oilers were hitting hard. Ekholm destroyed Arvidsson. Yes. I did. Yeah, like, like that was disgusting, man. Yeah, cool. it was wild to see the Oilers finishing their checks a little bit more. It felt like the Kings were playing, and we kind of said this, like they played a little bit more timid. They played a little bit less physical. Like it was still pretty can physical I, game. Can, can I tell you why I think that is? So when the Kings play the Oilers, why? what they tend to do, what they tend to do is they like to trap. They play, it's almost, a, yeah. it's, it's, they play scared. They're scared of giving the Oilers any sort of opportunity whatsoever. So the Kings hang back and they hang hang back and if they get the lead essentially it's game over for edmonton they line up five five strong in the neutral zone and the oilers cannot get it get it through but what the oilers were doing this game is they were getting it through that early they were winning the battles and once they went up one nothing especially as it got went later they the kings had to stretch out because they were running out of time and they needed to create opportunities for themselves and that involved you know stretching their players out going for the break longer breakout passes stretch passes which in turn gave the oilers more opportunities and yes obviously it's come with uh, more goals in the game but uh no i, I definitely like i yeah. i think the kings are built to be the anti-oilers with you know like Dino does scare me he has mike trout level he's hand freaky. eye and he he's is freaky. insane defensively but and i know he just shut down mitch marner and austin matthews and he was their like nemesis but i watched him against mcdavid in the playoffs he was very 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 good but Connor mcdavid is just another level that's the question. I think this is like if this is the first round matchup. If we're sitting here and this is the first round matchup, I think home ice advantage is going to answer a lot of questions because I think that also a lot of a lot of like what beats the is like line matching is line combination and how do you get out coached and how do you coach each other and how you do and like the freaking oh, the Kings were talking about it on the broadcast. They're like, well, we would have liked to play game seven at home last year. Like game like that's home ice implications are large here. We're looking at the points right now. We're sitting at 96, 97, 98, depending on how the biggest game goes. And they're losing right now. 
and they are yeah. losing. So, like, if the Kings had won this game, they would have tied Vegas. And now in this situation, this jumps the Oilers to second in the situation. But, like, it's wide open. The mm-hmm. Kings are spending the next four games, I want to say, also all against Pacific teams. So that's fun. It's all interdivision. They played Vegas twice. We see y'all again on April 4th. You get to come to our house, so have fun at Ripto.com oh, Arena. Where the Oilers That's won game seven? Where they won game, game seven? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think doesn't scare me. It, but yeah, it'll be an interesting, I think home ice advantage is gonna say a lot, especially because like this is I this feels like a very different, like a somewhat different Oilers team against a very different Kings team. And I'm super curious to see like, are you gonna make any noise in the playoffs? Because like I think they could. If once again you're score, if you're allowed to score a goal ever again, that'd be nice. Well, I mean, as much you, as I still kind of hate the King goal horn, it's so aggressive. You, it's you so think? Loud. I don't. I, so I just I get. I don't like it because of the playoffs. I just every. It's like Leaf fans hearing Boston's goal horn. It just gives me the right. same. TVs, you know, it's just, it's, it's it's just so loud. It's yeah. I just I've never been a big. I like I like. The, Pitch of it, but I don't like the volume. Game if six. That makes any sense. Game six. Thank you. Sorry, I made a yeah. mistake. I made a mistake. The Oilers won yeah, a must-win like... game six in LA. Excuse so me. You did you? They, yes. Yeah. Yes. They beat. They beat. What's Pat that like? in game seven? Sorry. Thank you for. That's what I. That's what I, that's what I thought. I'm like y'all had home ice. Last oh, you should have. Should have corrected me. I'm. I'm just too no. jacked up. Sometimes I can't think because I'm just like. I man, this is those games. The blood's in his eyes. These games. So these are the games that I'm most hyped up for at all 82. Probably like those divisional games right at the end of the year. I probably hate the LA. No, no offense, Rob. I like you, but I hate every other Kings fan so much. I hate. I hate playing the Kings. They drive me nuts. I could feel when I'm watching. I hate them more than the Flames. Like they make my blood. Which is surprising. When I'm playing them, just like the takes that come out of their fans' mouths are preposterous. It's, it's something. It's something. It's something about that when you're like a recent, like especially because like once again our cup runs in 2012, 2014, y'all were not having a real good time in those years. So like that also doesn't help the situation, especially you know once again as somebody who dislikes a black and yellow team for lots of different reasons. I feel you. There are teams I hate just as much. I think I'm. Just, I live a, such a weird LA Kings fan life because they were the team that brought me back to hockey in 2014 with Tyler Toffoli in that cup run, like 13-14. That's like when I remember. And that also, like, I watched a lot of Pacific games. I watched a lot of Kings and I watched a lot of Oilers at the time because, like, that's just how my life worked at the time. And so I had these late night games. So I don't have, like, this deep hatred of Edmonton. If I was, like, a lifelong watch, like, did this, like, lived out in the Pacific, saw every, I probably would feel similarly. But you're asking, you asked me it, here for vibes, and that's what yeah, I'm Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the way, like, you know, just when you play a team so much and the games are so tight in the exactly. series and you just... You're, obviously I'm the, like and I can sit here and rant and say oh McDavid's hit wasn't you know that was two minutes whatever but I'm like the most biased homer that ever existed right like oh like that's the thing and that's why when I see the Kings fans just that like my the version of me but for the Kings I just want to like just go off and just start getting into Twitter fights and I'm pre-arguing with them in my head you know and like look yeah, there, there were, mm-hmm. there were some Twitter, there were some Twitter fans for during the LA series, which definitely crossed lines. I mean, like obviously last yeah. year Ben Stelter Every was fan a base story has here. Yes, yeah. There, there were some jerks, and you know what? It we don't we we shouldn't even you know spend the time thinking about them. Just block them and move on. There yeah. are people out there who just just want to have good time watching hockey, and obviously I've watch some very very bad oilers teams and yeah. i could potentially have a very strong hatred of the canucks because at one point in time the sedines would just bully ryan nugent hopkins but <laughs> it's hockey it's here to have we're here to have like, fun and end of the day as long as everyone's having fun getting home at the end of the night that's all i really care about um still like yeah. to see the Oilers host a cup Maybe if that nice. means plowing through the Kings round one, that'd be great in, right. in my books. Yes. I guess that's my question for y'all is like, do you want to play? The, is this the matchup you want in round one? Is this what you want? Do you want to bypass the Kings, take the first overall and leave us with Vegas? Like, what do you want? I'll let I Dennis go first, then I'll say, because I've said this a few times. You know what? Here's the thing, right? Entertainment factor. I think Edmonton LA would be bananas. Per 60. Oh, would we would we leave that series a little bit banged up? Probably. 
Yes. Probably yes. way more. Scares the so, hell out of me. It's that head versus heart discussion, right? It's like head. Wow. Okay, we we get up to the first position. We play whoever's in the wild card spot. We leave LA for round two. Hopefully, they're also banged up against Vegas or whoever whoever else ends up in that position because there's a couple games left. But this is the thing where it it would be astounding for me to get into a position where we could beat LA clean this time. Because last last playoff series, it was too much of a discussion in my mind. <laughs> I want to see an absolute rock'em sock'em, just clean win, much like the Calgary uh, series last year as well. Uh, Zach, what I'll you're pre- Okay, so what I'll preface this with is saying I hate picking my opponent in the playoffs. I absolutely hate oh, it. it's the worst. It bit me in the ass. I remember when they were in the All-Canadian Division, and I wanted nothing to do with Montreal. I only wanted to play Winnipeg. When Winnipeg fell into fourth or third, and and it worked out that they would be playing Edmonton, I was ecstatic. What happened? Edmonton got swept, right? Like, it, it, you thought that it was just a perfect matchup, and you just never know. It's hockey, and that's what scares That's why I believe in karma, and I hate picking a team. That's why I try to be so careful with what I tweet out. Because I never want to just be, I don't want to be that guy that's getting dunked on by the entire other fan base or, you know, Audie. tempting fate. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm very careful with Audie. that. Now, exactly, exactly. But with that being said, essentially, I, I listen, g- games against the Kings are so fun because I can feel that hate. And hate might be the wrong word. And I'm, I think I offended someone in the chat. Intensity. Let's yeah, go with intensity. When, I, when, I, when I'm watching it, like I, I just, I'm so, I'm a little more psyched when they score on the Kings. I'm just like, I just yeah. get a little more jacked up because I want to beat them. I want to beat their fans. I want to beat the city of LA. But ideally for the Oilers in pursuit of a cup, I think the, the ranking of playoff opponents goes... Uh, Seattle, Vegas, then LA. Like those are the the order in which you want to play them. Now, why is Kyle in the chat made a good point? If Winnipeg keeps pooping themselves, it might be Edmonton wins a division. It might be Edmonton Calgary in the first round. Like there is still a chance of that. Please, right? So that's so fun. I think that would be my. If I'm picking, that would be my ideal matchup. If 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 I'm picking, and if certain broadcast companies are picking, they're picking Edmonton Calgary. Oh. But no, uh, no, my answer is just I'm like I don't think Edmonton wants LA in the first round, and I don't know how much LA wants Edmonton exactly. in the first round because literally you're going exactly. to punch each other. Exactly. It's the same as like I'm very hopeful that Boston gets the New York Islanders in the first round and it goes 16 overtimes and they punch each other for seven games straight. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I'm like I like you want to fight, but yeah, especially if you're looking for like any type of clean like yeah the first round is never a clean like is very rarely a clean fight in any like even the even the rounds that get swept people leave broken yeah. especially because i'm like i've seen corpus Allo in the playoffs i love Cor- I, corpus Allo looks great always in the playoffs he hurt me very badly that one time in the bubble i don't want to talk about it the play-in round Oof. so like i can see like i just like the, the like if I had to pick the matchup for the Kings, I really like them against the. Like I really like the. I would want to see Kings Vegas. I think that'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. I would rather. I would love to be home ice in that situation because my God, I love. Like I love the concept of the Vegas Golden Knights, but watching their pregame before they play you is exhausting. But it would be very pretty. The like Golden Knights versus yes. like they probably do some like la so like their night situation like i think that'd be a fun pregame show but that's also all for a spectacle but yeah rob what's wrong with a bit of theater what's wrong with a stage play to start the playoffs i just like uh, yeah i am in this situation like the la is in such a spot where like they could still take the first overall like the first the person who's going first into the pacific we're not gonna know i don't think until the very last day i don't think we're knowing until gate 82 because Y'all could have a three-game losing streak. We could have a three-game I mean, losing streak. Vegas could. It's all, like, everybody could break all at once. It, it, what matters... Yeah, sorry, you go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. What matters to me more What matters to me more is that players are okay. If Fiala can play, if Gabe Filardi can play, if whatever is up with Mikey Anderson is okay, I'd love to go into this without injuries. And if that means we're in the second... If we're in second instead of first, then we're in second instead mm-hmm. of first. I think we're that doesn't you don't need to be first in it. I don't I don't care about being first in division. I watch Tampa beat like I've watched teams like wild cards beat first teams. Also, it's so like it's such a scary thing to be the first overall seed and then be the wild card team, especially because the wild cards are clawing and scraping and scrapping into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Calgary no is all in that like calling. Unlike Calgary, I don't actually wouldn't describe them as clawing and scraping and scrapping. <laughs> yes, I describe I describe Tyler to Foley yes. as clawing and scraping I, and scrapping. Maybe the, a couple others. Calgary's falling ass backwards into the playoff, being dragged uphill by Tyler to Foley. Like my my answer always with people is they're always like, "What hockey teams do you like?" I always go the Leafs and the Kings and wherever Tyler to Foley goes. <laughs> so I just I follow along. Yeah. I didn't really care about the Flames before he showed up. He showed up. They had a really fun year. Then they were first, and then a lot of things happened last year. So I liked him when he was with the Canucks. I begrudgingly tolerated the Montreal Canadiens for a while, and that was not fun. Mm-hmm. And then I watched him beat my team and then go to the Stanley Cup final and grumpy about it. But yeah, he's an interesting. But yeah, he's always my first hockey love always which is always surprising because people always think it's Sidney crosby and i'm like no i'm one of the weird canadians that it wasn't crosby yeah mine was ryan ryan asian hopkins dennis man for me it's it's got to be fernando pisani but that lasts for too long that's that's such a great random choice i love random hockey names i'm like that's a great choice think about it right like i my first big hockey fandom was in that 0506 run and for the oilers a hometown hockey hero that just like sniped several goals on their way in insane right so that's that's my pick it's definitely not not as well known as uh, as Toffoli and Nuge. Um but yeah you, know, we, we you don't get to pick it. your you don't get to pick your first love you mm-hmm. don't get to pick they pick you yep, exactly. um, the, chat, the chat's kind of all over the place with if they want LA first round someone's like a deal with LA first in the playoffs get the series over and done with I like Nude, that I like I under yeah, that's I fully like yeah, get that round Listen. over with, especially because like they're always going to be hoping for it and going from there. It's going to be intense. It's going to be hard. I think a series against LA would be fantastic. And I, I love what you said before. Just as much as the Oilers probably don't want the Kings, the Kings probably don't want the Oilers, right? Like I, nope. I know they're everyone can sit there and say, oh, they can't play defense. They can't play defense. They can play defense. Again, I said I said this before. They can. They just sometimes choose not to. But, but for the last three months, the Oilers have actually been a top 10 team in terms of expected goals against. The problem with the Oilers is they've been getting such inconsistent goaltending. And just like LA, they were outscoring a lot of goaltending problems. Even recently, it kind of became a conversation. Are you concerned about the Oilers' goaltending? Are you concerned no. about Stuart Skinner? going into the playoffs, because even last game, the Oilers, like Vegas, it was a 7-4 win. It was a, it, Oilers played good, but there were some, and they were good chances for Vegas, but it, you still would like Sue to stop two of those four goals that he let in. Then you have yeah. tonight, and this, and he plays like this. If Stu plays like this, the I'm, I'm a biased homer, but the Oilers are my no. cup pick cup favorite like they are they have that extra motivation that we've got we lost to colorado in the conference finals motivation this was a playoff preview tonight you st- the intensity the way mcdavid and dry the way dry punished gavrikov in the corner like Ooh. the oilers stars were hitting they were hitting hard every single one of them it didn't matter they were I, going to finish their checks they were going to score they were playing playoff hockey i'm so like that's nice I, I I love this game. I love this and, game. And here's the fun part. We get to watch this all over again on April 4th, which was the game I was actually supposed to be on. And mm-hmm. then a lot of my life thing happened. So here I am. Um, yes. My other thing of LA, why I kind of am like, I would play Vegas. They have Jonathan Quick. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know how funny that would be? Yeah. Both scenarios are absolutely hilarious. Jonathan Quick beating his former team, his former team beating Jonathan Quick. And the freaking... PR nightmare that was that whole Jonathan Quick situation. Yeah. It was, you can see it now in the goaltending that we're getting from Corpusalo and the goaltending, like literally Phoenix Copley saved our buds. Like the Kings were not good. And the problem was between the pipes. And it wasn't even like a secret. Like that was the problem. And like I love Jonathan Quick and like the idea that we were just gonna like let him fade away off into the dis it just wasn't gonna work anymore, especially if they really wanted like, if you wanted your cup aspirations, it's why as soon as people are like, oh, they've got good goaltending now, like, I'm putting the Kings in the running. Yep. And the West is such a weird experience. The West is so weird. 
Well, who's the, been the best team since the uh, All-Star break? Who's been the best team since New Year's in the NHL, including Boston? It's been the Edmonton Oilers. They've dominated yeah. almost every single game that they've played. They obviously have won some games that maybe they didn't deserve to win against teams like San Jose, Arizona. But maybe they were just... Welcome to luck. Like I said, maybe they were just bored playing bad competition. They finally get a good game yeah. against the Kings, and look, at they yeah. all showed up. I'm I'm jacked up for... Uh, I'm jacked up. When, when is the game? Monday, you said? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, man, that's like gonna be intense. Yeah, very it's interesting. So quick, right away. Well, especially like I'm, I'm super curious if like the if the Kings are back to full strength by then. That'll be. It would interest me if that how much that affects the change. And like I have no idea. I don't want to see Kevin Fiala on the ice until. Like, I don't want to see him on the ice until he's ready. I don't want to see Gabe Valari on the ice until he's ready. I want to see like, but I would love to see these two teams fully at full strength like what this looks like and like still full credit to the oilers tonight i'm not giving like i'm like the kings would have won if they had like i don't know that's not my thing to figure out that's what the stats people are for that's what you play the games and chill for like i don't know maybe who's to say Mm -hmm. but like it's it'd be such a fun it'd be really nice to see that I think even more than Fiala, it'll be very interesting to see if Mikey Anderson is back. But I'll let Dennis go ahead. I've been Dennis has been struggling to get some words in with me and Rob. We're just talking. Hey, like all good, man. I'm just enjoying the vibes right now. You know what? The the one thing I will say, as wild as the West is, it's so much more fun in my mind to have this sort of struggle. Like you look out east and you see like okay boston's already clinched the president's trophy like everyone is set there the wild card is like i guess there's a little bit of a race no i'm i'm one that aligns with chaos so the fact that you know what if rob's right and we go on like some sort of a losing streak we could be back into the wild card and the one team i don't want to play at all is minnesota yes because edmonton and minnesota just doesn't end up well for us like it's so weird it's mm-hmm. a weird thing and and this was pre pre caprizov you know like that's it's it's insane to think about um how many possible ways this matchup could go but i'm all for the chaos if calgary comes in we play calgary round one i'm all for it that's <laughs> wild if you know if it's seattle and we just out glam them all the way over to round two that's fine as well i'm fine with anyone you know dallas colorado colorado dallas was fine too when we played dallas that was some of the oilers best hockey last week um colorado's still scary all of these teams you know what i'm down for it let's just get the playoffs rolling yes honestly as much as as much as we love talking about how standings are going to be affected and ease of schedule coming up and the final six seven games resting players game management load management nah let's just do the playoffs now i'm ready i'm ready for it i can confirm it's a little bit boring i've literally known that it'd be toronto tampa since um november is like we've known it was not a question it's a little boring yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely is a little boring, but you know what? I don't mind this playoff format. Uh, we've kind of we've been we've been going for almost forty five or just over forty five minutes now. <laughs> well, so so de- we we're sorry, gonna kind Adam. of oh sorry, we're gonna Adam. yeah exactly sorry Adam. Me and Dennis tend to go for an hour on most nights usually, which yeah. I don't know how happy Adam is about that, but we'll 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 see. Um, anyways, okay, we're one thing he I did want to say before we end up, and again, I've been horrible about talking about this. I've been meaning to talk about this some more, but um. But so damn sorry, I got distracted. That that made me laugh. But um, at the beginning of the season, Dennis and I said that for every Oilers goal scored, we were going to donate one dollar to the Ben Stelter Fund. And essentially tonight, just like Connor McDavid hit three hundred goals, the Edmonton Oilers have hit three hundred goals on the season. So we have our donations at three hundred dollars, and I hope they rinse us dry in the last seven games. I hope it goes as high as they possibly can. Get it? I, I don't know what else to say. There. You got time. Yeah, exactly. You can have like an eight nothing blowout randomly. Like you know, there's time. We're pl- the Oilers play Anaheim twice. They play San Jose to close out the season. Like twice. Oh, yeah, you got faith. time. Exactly. McDavid. I, I, play James Reimer and score ten goals on him. Drain the rest of our wallets because that's the other matching fund that's happening right now. Is a bunch of folks are donating as well every time a goal gets scored against James Reimer. So that's always a fun. One Absolutely. To I hope McDavid hits one fifty six against James Reimer when they play at the that's end on the last game of the season. So yeah, no, it's definitely Rob. It's been a blast having you on. I'm so glad 
uh, that you were able to join us for this game. And now it's funny. We made it work. Oh, yeah. I, and it's funny. I I feel like a jerk because I sit here and I complain when the game start at 8 o'clock, 7.30. I'm like, geez, the games are starting so late. You're sitting there. It's almost 1 a.m. your time. I don't know how you're handling yourself with oh, such poise, yeah. but... I, full credit yeah. to you. Absolutely respect. I respect the hustle because, man, that couldn't be me. I'd be fast asleep. The, so, the solution is don't work every day at 6 a.m. Make your own <laughs> life schedule. I'm like, I don't have to be up anytime. Nobody needs me in the morning. That's the, that's the way. Honestly, I have no idea how fans with nine to five jobs in the East Coast watch late night hockey. And there's like, it's the worst part about like, I'm like, you're missing some really great matchups and like i know a bunch of people like i'd be a seattle fan if i could stay up for the games and i'm just like it's the hardest part of west coast games our west coast swings rough we've got fans that are tuning in from like germany on a regular basis it's insane like australia germany we have all these people in our in our chat every game I, what are you doing? Go to bed. Black Massacre, <laughs> I saw in the chat earlier. He's from He's Germany. right there. Yeah, we got 73 people watching still live concurrently. We got 49 likes. I know the like goal again, guys, it's 74. So when I check back tomorrow morning, I better see 74 likes. I'm first due, first shutout of the season. Fantastic game. What a performance okay. by the Oilers. Obviously, LA played well, but they're still no match for the Edmonton Oilers, the dominant force that they are. Uh we have one more thing to announce before we leave oh yeah sure game over wrestlemania on the weekend oh yes i saw that yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely let let me pull up all the details don't you love this um (laughs) sunday april 2nd 2023 um we're featuring a bunch of fun guests um if you're a wrestling fan this is our first sdpn official adventure into wrestling as a whole so if you really like wwe wrestling if that's your thing um we'll be talking about it on saturday night with fuad Solomon, who hosts game over toronto uh he probably will only sing at least two songs and he'll bring up the leaves only like a less than 10 times so, like, what's if the over under on that, impressions oh um well we said it at like seven and a half six and a half minimum it's his uh, there's nothing fuad loves to do more than impressions so um if you haven't seen there's a tramp there's a trailer on the sdpn sports youtube channel if you want to hear fuad do some of those impressions in a head um but yeah if you're a wrestling fan a lot of people have asked sdpn for wrestling content hey look we're bringing you wrestling content now congrats absolutely so yeah guys you heard it here first back on the sdpn channel on saturday right after wrestlemania right Correct. Okay, so after WrestleMania, come here. Fuad will be live. Ton of guests, ton of impressions. It'll be fun. I'm sure a ton of people will be in the chat um, going nuts after what happens at WrestleMania. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, WrestleMania is always crazy. I can say that for sure. But um, yeah, no, the last thing I got to say, again, 68 people. We've crossed the 50 like threshold. Super jacked about that. And yeah, any last any, any last words from uh from you guys, Dennis, Robert, before we go to sleep for tonight? <laughs> well, I just wanted to uh, to do this typical uh question. Rob, where can they find you? Thank you. Uh I'm at RS underscore Malloy on Twitter. Um it's in the d- link in the description. And honestly, you can find me on anything that SDPN Sports does. So if SDPN Sports is doing a thing, I am probably there. I think that's Jack how of all I, trades. I, I do literally nothing else. I do SDPN stuff. Yes. Yeah, we mentioned Rob, like producer Rob, editor Rob, just everything under the sun, moderator Rob, everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97, probably having a stroke on Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> where can they find you, Dennis? On Twitter at Dennis Lee, Y-E-G. That's it for tonight, guys. Thanks for coming on, Rob. Absolutely. Thank so fun. you. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, you hear to hear. So next time, uh, the Oilers will be we'll be back with game over Edmonton on uh, for the Anaheim Saturday. game Saturday, and yeah, that'll be myself and uh, whoever, maybe Dennis, maybe not, not sure at the moment. But I hope all I'll you people on. in chat, awesome. Hope all you people in chat will be back there to join us. It'll be super fun. The Oilers are rolling through the season to end, and yeah, again, one last thing before we go. Obviously, uh, let's. Play La Bamba, baby. That's all. Stay safe. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.